A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. I did not not test my mic, but I feel like it's fine. (laughs) I feel it feels it feels fine. It I feel fine. I do feel fine. I like feel good vibes in the sense that like nothing could be worse than yesterday. So like it's only up from here. See, I say that, and then like the cosmic worldness is like, oh sweetie, we'll show you. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's so funny because, like, that does happen to you sometimes. Like, you're literally like, oh, you know, I had a really bad day the other day. And, like, I just want to go out and have fun. And then you go out and some guy runs into your boobs on the street, like, on a bike. Oh, no. That was the – I told that story on the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. That was, that was, like, the worst. But, um, yeah, no. Sometimes things happen to me. And, like, I'll tell someone. They're like, that would only happen to you. And I'm like, yeah. Is that a bad thing? Y'all. I am in the Outer Banks right now. It's so fun. We're having such a good time. We went off-roading in a jeep with the doors off which is crazy we were looking for wild horses but we didn't see any um i've had oysters um and i think i told everyone that we were like doing this trip to surprise my grandmother it is her 80th birthday my my abuelita uh, my abuela um and we surprised her and it went really really well because she already knew like i talked in the last episode about how the surprise was spoiled like a little bit but she didn't know that like her other side of the family was coming and also my mom which I didn't realize she did which made me sob Cindy you're actually gonna start crying is like my mom reached out to every single person my grandma has literally ever known like she stole her address book reached out to every single person including her best friend from high school who like she didn't talk to in like years and years all of her relatives in Puerto Rico luckily all of her like relatives are good though by the way they're safe they just don't have power right now and like the cell service is down it's like total blackout which is crazy because it's only a category one storm 
It yeah, happened like ex- exactly five years after Maria. Yeah, my parents were in Puerto Rico and they experienced like two or three hurricanes because they lived there for like a few years in San Juan. Where I used to live in Florida, girl, the amount of months we get out of school because of hurricanes, I was like, period. Yeah, so anyway, my mom reached out to literally every single person my grandma knew and they all wrote her letters and she compiled the letters and my grandma read each and every one of them like at the table and oh my god it took like an hour to get through all the cards and letters that she got and she was like sobbing the whole time and it was really really wonderful that's so Mm -hmm. cute favorite moment of the vacation for sure so far like we grew my we did my grandma on uh, 80th birthday why do i have so many alarms (laughs) um 80th birthday (laughs) new york and then by like you said you buy like because I have a huge family. Like, both my grandparents mm-hmm. on my dad's side have, like, nine siblings. I So we invited the whole family. And we were like, Grandma, get dressed up. We're going to go to, like, dinner. And tell me why. She just girl gets in the car. She's like, I don't want to go. We were like, okay, well, you kind of need to because. And she's a Leo. So I was like, I know you want to go. It's kind of concerning how many people I'm, like, how many people in my life are Leos. I realize that. Like, I should be more scared. I love cancers. I love cancer so much like I, i've never met a cancer woman that i don't like cancer men actually scare me but yeah, they're weird <laughs> it's so funny because like anytime you meet a man who's a leo or actually just anyone who's a leo and they tell you that usually it makes so much sense like absolutely so much sense. like last night this guy i know from law school is like yeah i'm a leo i was like oh sweetie everything is clicking now it's all clicking <laughs> And then you say that to them, and they get so offended. They're like, "He was like, yeah." No, I'm not I was like, like you should Leos. not be proud of that. <laughs> no, I can't literally. do Leo man. My ex was a Leo man, and that taught me all the lessons I needed to know. Oh God, yeah, there have been some interesting new developments with that. <laughs> so you all know the infamous crying in our apartment episode when I found out like a bunch of stuff. So yeah, we definitely broke up. We broke up so much, like so much. That's never yeah. It's very broken up. Um, yeah, well, it was four years, so, like, that was, like, a lot to get over. It's one of those things where it's, like, while these two weren't, like, boyfriend, girlfriend exclusively together for all four years, because they were, what, for, like, a year, year and a half or something? Yeah. They were together for four years, if that makes sense. So, like, emotionally tied, physically tied, hanging out with each other all the time, texting. So, like, it was a relationship. Like, not a day went by where we either were not texting or we're not together for four years. So... So it's, like, not quite a situationship either. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, it's, like, a huge attachment thing that's going on. Yeah. It, and that was, like, my entire, like, from the minute I got out of high school to the minute I started law school. Um, and, yeah. So, like, I have, that was earlier this summer. Or, no, it wasn't. It was during my birthday. Yeah, literally my birthday week. It was probably the last time I saw him. But, um, so July. And found out a lot of things that were hurtful. Very hurtful. And um, the context of the story is that, like, we were on and off. But we were, like, on and then, like, somewhat on. Like, you know, like, when you turn the lights on and the light bulb's, like, about to go out, but it's, like, still flickering, so there's still some light there. It's not, like, fully off. That's how I would describe it. It's still working a little bit. Yeah, that's how I would describe, like, some of our relationship. But so that mode for, like, four years. And in that four years, I did not want to meet his family. I met one of his sisters because I literally reached out to her and was like, let's do Thanksgiving something together because it was like during the COVIDness, so people couldn't go home. So I was like, unless I'll do it together, blah, blah, blah. So I like made myself meet her. Um, but his actual family, I never met, though I did ask many, many times. And um, I found out 
um, that she met his family, the new girl. Mind you, they've been together for like a month. Um, and it wasn't necessarily like that that hurt me. It was like the premise behind it. Because um, obviously I was in an interracial relationship. So there's always that like thought in the back of my head that's like, was it because I'm black? Or like he's embarrassed by it? Because like he would say all the time, like, there's a reason why I don't need to meet people in my life. And it's like, it had been four years. So I'm kind of like, it was going to have to happen at some point. And so oh, the didn't fact, he kind of very much allude to the fact, like, that that was the reason? That like, that was the reason. Times? Yeah. That's, like, very much what I was getting. And, like, he would constantly say, like, there's a reason why I don't tell people about you. So, and, like, that really hurts someone, especially when it's been, like, almost half a decade. So that, so a lot of <laughs> insecurities. But, um... So to see him do that with her, yes, she is white, I that was like the first thought in my head. It was like, is it because I'm black and he's embarrassed by that? But then it turned into more of like a what's wrong with me that like I wasn't enough for him to see me as someone that's valuable in his life that he would want to introduce to people like that, you know? So I found that out in between my classes yesterday. So I was boohoo crying in my legal practice workshop. And I'm and it's a class of literally ten people. And we said that this long conference table and we were discussing like why do I have so many alarms? Like, are they all on? Why oh do you, you? I think we've been through like six or seven alarms <laughs> since. Oh my gosh. I didn't even turn any on last night. So I'm so confused. Okay. That should all be off. So I'm going to boohoo crying in my LPW class. And my teacher's probably like, what is wrong? We're talking about literally a legal memo. Um, and I literally <laughs> put my memo. mask on voluntarily because I'm literally sobbing in the corner. Um, so that was super fun and enlightening. And I did text him and let him know my thoughts on the subject. But um, that's just the one thing about relationships, especially ones that are toxic. It's like you still have so much love for the person and like you want them to be happy and to do well. But at the same time, it's like those insecurities are so deeply sown that it sucks to see that the person who contributed the most to that, to like hurting you and to putting you down constantly for so long is the one that gets to move on, be happy and like nothing happens. Like they, they came in did some things and left like it was nothing like it was like a hobby and now they're happy moving on whatever meanwhile you're still reeling from the last four years of like really being like mentally tortured so that's super fun and cute and enlightening so that's how my week's been going and this is all yesterday and it's like so hard to like try to get back into dating especially in law school because like obviously in college everyone's the same age or someone's like relatively at the same point in life but like at least in my year there are people that are like 19 or 20 up to like 37 so like some people in our in my like class like in my row the one of the ladies in my row literally has five-year-old twins and she's married and commutes from jersey meanwhile like me and my friends are talking about like hinge and like stuff like that so it's like half of our year is so serious they're like in a serious long-term relationship where they're married the other half is more single than single could ever be so it's hard like trying to date in a new atmosphere when like you don't have that like common understanding or same placeness in life so yeah it's been a super fun interesting cool superb week can't wait so let's see if today is worse or better when you were talking about yesterday the fact that it was unfair that struck a chord in me because um, Cindy was talking a few minutes ago about how it seems so unfair. Like you're still reeling from this you know, tumultuous relationship and he gets to move on and introduce someone new to his family and appears to be perfectly stable. And I, 
you said that yesterday too, like in our group chat that we have with the roommate, and I, it hit me so hard because it's so true. I mean, the hardest thing about a breakup that I definitely know from experience, especially with my like one of the most awful relationships I've ever been in in my life, is looking back on it and being like, I suffered not only so much during the relationship. But even more after it, it was over because of those feelings of I wasn't enough. My confidence took a huge hit. And I'm sitting there watching him and his new girlfriend on Instagram go on, on vacation. And I was sitting there. Why am I still broken? And he broke he broke me and I'm the one still literally sitting here shattered. And he's totally he can just go around stomping on whoever he wants. And he doesn't have any consequences. Luckily karma will always come and bite you so it did with my ex karma bit him so hard it's actually not even funny so (laughs) yeah no karma did karma did yeah and so he'll get his he'll get his turn don't yeah i'm sure his time will come vice in public if you want to get up some please dm us and let me know how to move on anyway uh first question no that's so so annoying too i was doing so well like i hadn't been thinking about him hadn't been texting him like and you know when you're in a relationship and, like, you can't see what everyone's telling you, like, oh, it's toxic, it's unhealthy, like, you're not doing well, you are unwell, I am unwell now, but it wasn't until I, like, got so much distance forcefully by breaking up that I finally was like, what did I go through? Oh my gosh, am I okay? So I have been having those moments of realization recently, which have been helping me move on a lot, because I was like, wow, a girl was going through it. Now, do you ever smell the back of your ears? Oh, I thought you, like, picked your butt and smelled it or something. <laughs> okay, like, that so was gross. a whole other step. I just like to make sure the back of my ears smell good. I don't know why. We talked about that season one, I'm pretty sure. Like, yes, people who we, don't wash their be, ears in the shower. Because people don't wash their ears. They don't wash their neck. So people don't wash their knees. You do realize that that stuff is in the air. Like, that stuff is being being touched by pollution, by sweat, by dirt. Please, P, P what's the word? PSA. Please wash your legs, wash your knees, wash your feet, <laughs> wash your toes, wash your neck, and wash the back of your ears, please. For the rest of us, thank you. The whole thing that white people don't wash their legs is true as heck, because really I only is. started washing my legs, like, in the past few years. No, <laughs> but so when that start, whole thing started, people were like, you guys wash your legs. I was like, you you don't? Like, why would you not? I don't understand that. But yeah. And then no. you give them head, and everything makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that was also a whole other step. That was there. Anyway. Um, that, sincerely, me. Sincerely, Sarah. Someone asked me if I was African this week, and I was like, oh, like, actually, I don't really know. Like, my my family's very diasporic. Like, everyone's from a different place. Um, that was a big old word. Yeah. Okay, Columbia. So I, period. So I was like, no, like, both my parents are, like, from different places, um, ethnically. And he was like, oh, because you have a big forehead. I was like, okay, well, you didn't need to violate me like that. That felt, well, he's from Africa, so like it was okay. But I was like, hmm, okay, thank you. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Advice in public. Question one. Bada boom. She said, I love you guys. Oh, thanks. Um, advice for dating more seriously after college. How to know if they're the one. <laughs> well, we both got our relationships, so probably not the best people to tell you that. So, Cindy and I just graduated undergrad. So we are going through the exact same thing as you. So I don't really know how qualified we are to speak on this topic. Um, But we are right there with you. So we can just definitely tell you about our experience. I think just getting your priorities in check for sure. Um, Not that you don't already have good priorities. But I think just 
when you were going on dates and when you're like going out like knowing knowing your intentions and like writing your husband list and getting getting everything all in order in your head really helps me when I go on dates specifically I know that, that you asked about like making the relationship more serious but to me obviously that starts with like first dates and stuff so going on these dates I think recognizing if the important things match up so like personality values hobbies morals politics even like what am I trying to say Sydney like I'm being jumbled right now so maybe you can like clean it all up for me in a bow do you know what I'm saying you know you know how I do it my bows um yeah yes I was gonna like go down the same path um I feel I don't know where you go to school or like where you're from but I feel like what if like I'm making a tiktok because I'm doing makeup right now um, yeah. Like, oh my god, wait, this is yeah. how you date. So, okay, I don't know where you go to school or where you're from, but, like, I'm from Florida, Jacksonville. So, I'm from a very, like, small southern town. It's not really that small, actually. I'm from a southern town. And a lot of my friends went to southern schools, like Bama, FSU, Auburn, Berman, wherever. And the culture down there is ring by spring. So... You meet someone at the end of your freshman or sophomore year, date for two years, um, and then no one's ever seen this man before in their life or whoever you're with. Um, and they start getting engaged after school or, like, towards graduation. And I know for me, I was like, dang, I'm up here in New York. I am not going to marry the person I'm with. And I felt like I was behind. But um, Sarah and I talk about this a lot. We are literally 22. We are 22 years old. Why are we worrying about marrying someone right now? Like, that's my fear. Like, obviously, if you found your person early, you're so lucky for that. And, like, I'm so happy for you. But for a lot of people, like, you're not even mentally fully developed at this time. You don't know. You might not even know what you want to do in life. You might not want to know where you want to live, what values you want to have, like, in your marriage. If you even want to get married, if you want to have kids, like... Those are things we don't really start seriously thinking about because our brains aren't fully developed until we're, what, 21 if if you identify as a woman, 25 if you identify as a male. So why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves to be married so early? And I think that keeping that mindset helps when you start dating after college because you're realizing that you're starting to go through those motions of figuring out what you do want in life. And it's so much easier, like Sarah said, to become value aligned with people that you want to spend your time with, you know? So it's like going on first dates and realizing very quickly, like you didn't do when you were younger, this person's not someone that's going to be with me long term, you know? You really just got it like that. Like That's exactly what I was trying to say. And I stuttered through that so bad. And you just cleaned it all up. You swept it up with your little magic word broom. Thank you. Because it's like sometimes when you're younger, you're like, oh, I'll I'll make it work because he's super cute. or I'll make it work because both like music, blah, blah, blah. But it's like... Once you start realizing that, like, you don't have as much time as you did in college in terms of, like, you're working all the time. Like, you're always at work or you have very limited time spent with other people. That other time becomes so much more valuable that you don't want to spend time with people that aren't going to add to your life or contribute to your life, you know? And, like, me and Sarah, I'm not going to speak for Sarah because it's my own experience, but, like, I loved the person I was with during college. But I realized that, like, the person I am becoming or I want to become, we just weren't aligned anymore. And that happened very quickly after college. Because I started realizing, like, what I do need out of a relationship, what I want out of a partner, and that just wasn't 
available to me with that person. So like that helped me to realize what I do want in a relationship going forward. So I think just learning from your past experiences and taking from that what you need to move forward and what you want moving forward is an important thing. And just trying to become value aligned people that you want to spend your time with. Trying to be as realistic as you possibly can about the situation. I'm not saying don't fall in love. I'm not saying love is unrealistic. But at the same time, when it comes to growing up, there are adult decisions that you have to make about the future, if that makes sense. So don't talk about this stuff on a first date because ew. But when it comes to like where you see yourself in five years and c- compared to where your partner sees himself in five years, is that going to look realistic? Will Do you see it actually working out in a good, good way? You know, because you can force things to work out like as much as you possibly want. But as you become an adult, I think what I've realized most, which is what Sydney was saying earlier, it's okay to not fit perfectly into everyone else's narrative. You do have to put yourself first. And in doing so, that comes with recognizing what works best for you might not work best for someone else, no matter how in love you might be with them. And this is something that I'm thinking about a lot recently just because I'm obsessed with reality TV shows. Only the ones that are, like, dating now. Like, watching Love is Blind or, like, Love Island UK where, like, they're kind of being forced to meet their person because it's a competition. But they're being forced to meet this person in, like, three weeks. And they're like, oh, they're my forever. That is not realistic for most people. Like, you don't meet someone and then you're like, oh, I'm going to marry this person after three weeks. Like, it takes time. I think that there's this whole narrative in, like, romance novels and movies and TV shows that's, like, oh, I met my my one in high school. I met them in college. They were my sweetheart. Like, it's we're going to get married, blah, 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 because that's what society is telling us to do. But so much more realistically, you're going to probably more likely meet your person after college because that's when, you, like I say, you become more into yourself and you find people that align better with, like, what you need out of a partner or out of a relationship. So I feel like just give yourself grace, as we always say, and just remember that you should never have to compromise what you want out of a partner or what you want out of life to try and make something work. That was good. Oh my gosh. Oh, we're so good. Ooh, I love this question. And we did not talk about this last time. What are the best questions to ask on a first date, specifically to find red and green flags? I love being super casual on a first date, if that makes sense. I mean, you heard me say several times throughout this episode, oh my God, don't talk about kids. Ew. If the conversation goes there, I'm not telling you what to do. Um, But on a first date, I personally do like to keep it casual and fun loving um there are absolutely ways to do it that doesn't sound like you're interrogating someone trying to figure out these like green and red flags i like to i don't ask like favorite color stuff like that um sometimes about music like where they went to college um i'm trying to think i feel like just have very natural conversations yeah just like have a good time see if you guys mesh i mean that's step one if you don't mesh it doesn't really matter about anything else you know also like if you are going on dates with men men love their egos and they love to talk about themselves i think not even just men i think everyone likes to talk about themselves so i just like to ask people questions about themselves to get them talking because that's going to make them more comfortable in the situation you know that's a great psychological trick too not that you're like psychologically tricking everyone but i've been trying to do that too because you know i'm a talk talk talker um, but no, people love to listen to themselves talk. So when you sit there and you keep on asking people questions about themselves and they answer them and they can like go on on a tangent and it seems like you're actively listening, they're going to be like, oh my God, like she was such a good listener. Like not just on a date, but like anyone, you know what I mean? Life, yeah, it's a life tip. Also, if you hear like makeup ASMR, 
that's Miss Sydney. You can hear my brush on my face because it's rough as sandpaper. <laughs> Ha 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 ha. This question makes me laugh. Ha ha ha. Advice on dating slash hooking up with coworkers. Well, my ex hooked up with two, one of his coworkers is dating the other, so. You, if you guys break up and if something goes wrong, I know you don't want to think about things going wrong when you're just starting a relationship, but sincerely, I need you to stop for one second, take a deep breath, and envision this. You guys stop talking. You guys break up. You guys get in a fight. Something goes wrong. You have to see that person every day, most likely, unless you work remotely. And even then, you still have a professional relationship that might be tainted because of your personal relationship. Getting involved romantically with someone at work, in my opinion, I completely agree with Sydney. It's never a good idea. Like, it makes it awkward not just for you and the other person, but for everyone else in the office. Also, it's giving HR disaster. But anyway, um, I think also it's so important to have, like, a separation between, like, work and your life life, you know? Like, imagine if you're dating someone you're working with, you see them 24 hours a day. Like, you have no you have no separation, you know? And, like, I love being able to come home and, like, talk to my significant other about, like, my day and, like, what I did. But, like, if you are with that person at work, they already know because they were there, you know? I just feel like it's important to have that separation. And, like, um, that is why I hate the term work wife because my ex used to tell me all the time how obsessed he was with his work wife, blah, 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 blah. And then he slept with her. So um why we're together so i am very vehemently against um dating your coworkers from personal experience but i mean if the person's the the person they're the person but i think it's important to have separation between work and like a professional life and like personal life but i would say if you choose to do so because i know this happens all the time um if you see someone every day and you both find each other physically attractive some might say it's only a matter of time um and if you guys do decide to enter a relationship i would say if you work in corporate, absolutely disclose it to HR. Like, it's not going to be a secret for long. Word gets around so quick. And I know from personal experience that HR, they want to hear it from you. They don't want to hear it from somebody else. Because if they hear it from somebody else, they're less likely to be no repercussions, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it becomes a liability for the company. And, like, obviously, exactly. we're coming from personal experience. So, like, sorry for being harsh. But obviously, if the person's the person, they're the person. But that was the dumbest sentence I've ever said. <laughs> if, if the person's the one, they're the one. So, like, if it's something that's, like, undeniable, go for it. If this is, like, a casual fling, I would keep a separate bestie. would not do it. All right. We got another question. I'm a fresh in college. Wait. Oh, I'm a fresh. I thought this girl was saying I'm fresh in college. Like, is that a new slang term that I don't know? Um... So this one girl said, I'm a freshman in college and have been struggling to stay focused while doing homework. Productivity tips. I feel like this is a lighter question. I like these lighter yeah. questions in between the heavier questions for sure. For me, to-do lists. Baby, to-do lists. Sarah fix my loves life. her to-do list. I do. Tell them. Tell them, Sydney. Tell them what I do. No, like, Sarah will be like, Sydney, what's your schedule? And she'll put on her to-do. She has, like, it's just like, a, like, I wanted to get this girl a planner so badly, but she was like, no. It's just like one long Word document of all the things she needs to do. It's not even a planner. It's not a calendar. It's literally a 19-page pages document, and on it is all of Chance's social calendar, Sydney's social calendar, and my social calendar. Because my social calendar is my work, and then I just force Sydney and Chance to come along with me after their work. So. Period. Um, this new feature on my phone, which I love, it's on work mode, and so is my iPad, and so is my laptop. So I literally do not receive texts during the day unless I have my messages opened. And I think that's one thing is, like, I'm the person that, like, if I start texting someone or I start going on TikTok, like, I'm going to get distracted. And, like, um, it's different because, like, in college, 
I didn't have as much of a workload, especially because I was, like, working, working during college. But, like, um, in law school, it's, like, 12 hours, no, seven hours out of the day I'm in class. The other however many hours I am awake, I'm spent doing homework. So I think it's nice to have, like, no notifications on my phone that's what's going to distract me. So what I do is I have this app called Focus on my computer and on my phone that has like 30 minute increments so it like has the timer up on the screen and on my phone where like I won't touch my phone like while that timer's on then it gives me a five minute break 30 minutes 15 minute break or 10 minute break 15 or 30 minutes sorry I mean that's so confusing okay so the time the work time will be on for 30 minutes then I get a five minute break I work another 30 minutes I get a 10 minute break another 30 I get 15 minute break then I get like a 20 minute break to like eat and do whatever then come back for another 30 minutes so it's like forcing me to do my work in increments because I feel like if you try and sit down and just do all of your work you're going to get burnt out so it's very important to take breaks that give your like mind a break whether that's going on a walk going to eat going to get a snack going on TikTok for 10 minutes I think just giving yourself a timer that allows you to indulge in those things but not overindulge is important for me at least I used to do 45, 15, 45, 15, 45, 15 for hours. And yeah, I was really like during finals and midterm season, that's what I would do when I had to study for like a very, very long extended period of time. And obviously if I needed to eat or something, it would be like a 30 minute break and then it would be 30, 30. But it helped me so much because I am one of those people. If you leave me to my own accord, I will work for five hours straight and then be exhausted. And I literally physically cannot do it anymore. Um, and so that method works so perfectly for me. And I think it should work perfectly for most people, most learning types, um, if there is such a thing. Um, also, I found this thing on TikTok, which I don't really know how I feel about, but it's a box where you can like lock your phone in the box. Like you can set a timer and you physically cannot get your phone out of the box. It's like a acrylic box. You physically can't get your phone out of it until the timer is up, which I don't know how I feel about. Because that sounds like a phone addiction. Yeah, exactly. Like, if that is the length that you have to go to to put your phone away, that That's, might be a little bit. We need an but... intervention, sweaty, you know? She's <laughs> sweaty. Yeah. I've been saying sweaty so much this week. Really? I called the guy I like sweaty, and I was like, oh, why'd I do that? And I feel like balance is important no matter what. Like, for example, like, it's so hard sometimes to balance, like, a social life with, like, getting your work done. Like, for me mornings like on weekends is a great time to like get ahead on work especially on Sundays like Sundays are my study day like I don't do anything on Sunday besides study but like Saturday morning and Friday mornings I don't have classes on Friday it's like my study time or like work time but also it's important because like I also need to have balance with like social life that I don't like implode because all I do is read all day so I think that I tell myself okay if I get my contracts reading done I need to do that before I go out like, no matter what time I leave my house, I'm getting contracts done before I leave. Like, that's how I gauge when I can go out. So it helps me keep a balance of both. Because I want to go out, so I'm going to do my contracts reading, you know? Just make sure, you, yeah, just make sure, no, this isn't for you, this is for our audience, because I know you don't do this, but just make sure to not reward yourself with the same thing every time. I kind of fell down that hole freshman and sophomore year of college where I was like, oh, if I finish my homework, like, I deserve, like, a glass of wine, you know? And that led to a lot of unhealthy drinking habits for me personally, like, sophomore year so I would say as long as you're like changing up that reward system every day make it a reward not a habit if that makes sense so like don't that goes for everything too don't make it a movie every day don't make it like a dessert every day don't make you know do you know what I mean like 
uh, definitely make sure to switch it up, which I know Cindy does. Like, she'll text us in the group chat, like, telling us her, like, <laughs> like she, she's like, guys, I need to finish contracts. I'm like, I don't know what that means, but yes. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, like, even, like, this weekend, like, our friend's guy's birthday, it was, and she wanted to go out. And I was like, bestie, I need to finish my con ring before I leave the house. That is when I will you be You said leaving. that, like, Yoda. You are like, our friend's Yeah, I don't know why I said it, it like that. <laughs> You guys can't tell. I've been reading literally all week, and speaking words is no longer a function. I can't. Hearing you talk about law school is so interesting because I knew you all throughout undergrad, obviously, and you had the exact same classwork I did, the exact same amount of jobs I did, and you were still a thousand percent less stressed than you are right now. And yes, I know you're still working right now, but school is taking up like all of your time. All of my time. So it's like the schoolwork that you're doing now is like twice the work that you were doing in undergrad and you were a full-time student and you worked. Yeah. It's also just like, I, nine, like if a week, how much, how many hours is a week? 24 times five, zero, two, 120 hours. I am spending 110 of that doing law school stuff. Like I'm either reading, I'm applying to things, I'm working on my resume, I'm taking notes for class, I'm outlining I'm like whatever then the only four hours I'm not doing that I'm out with law school people because it's like it's like college condensed like it's only three years but also like those people are going to be like people who are working your same jobs at other companies or you're competing against for the same job so like getting to know people is only going to help you because like let's say I want to leave a firm and go to another firm having a friend from law school that's at that firm is only going to help you know so it's a lot of networking making friends they're going to help you survive the next three years so it's a lot of work. We should do another episode on networking soon because you're so good at networking. It's actually scary. Yeah, thank you. I went. I went to a networking event last night, and the food was so good. Um, this place called Red Rooster in Harlem. You have a men. I recommend it because like the top is a restaurant, and the bottom is a speakeasy. And they rented out the speakeasy for us, and we had like a sit down dinner, and it was so good. They had like chicken, they had catfish, they had mac and cheese, they had collard greens, mashed potatoes. It's the way like once the food came out, it got silent. Because the food was so good. And you know, people like, lawyers like to talk. So I was like, oh, okay. That's so funny. You'll talk about your law school events like this. Like she'll, she's so casual about it. Cindy will be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go to Chelsea Pierce tonight. Good. And I asked, oh my God, that's so cool. Are you going to go bowling? Are you gonna, grabbing a drink? Are you going to go take a walk on the pier with friends? And Cindy told me, no, 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 no. Columbia rented out the entirety of Chelsea Pierce for the night. Yep. And I'll sit here wondering why that's not my life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, trust me, the other 90% is just pure stress. Columbia is really good at, like, the social aspect, which I very much admire. Because they realize, like, without it, people are going to go crazy. Exactly. That's really smart of them. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Another question we got is how to deal with comparing your body with others. Um, yeah, trigger warning now. We're talking about, like, body image, weight, etc. I know I said that while I'm literally playing with my makeup brushes, and it's so loud. Okay. I know. Trigger warning. <laughs> we are talking about... Um, Weight, body image, etc. That's uncomfortable for you, but it's supposed to be encouraging. So I encourage you to listen. So I've always had a very bad image with my body because um, I am the third of four siblings, and my dad is Jamaican, and so they're very, very skinny. My mom is a lot of things, but her size tends to be like more curvy. And so growing up, um, me and my sister are very close in age. She's like three years older. She's very, very, very skinny. And people always praised her for her body because she had big boobs, skinny waist, like blah, blah, blah. Here I come along. I am not, that's not my body type. Like I'm very much shorter. I'm thicker. I've always been curvy. And in high school, so I, you guys know I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. So I was one of very few black people at my school. And um, for a very long time, I just 
felt very unattractive just because like I was surrounded by people who were white and were not interested in black women. So I was, you know, not feeling great about myself. Senior year, <coughs> sorry, senior year I get a boyfriend and I, at this time in my schooling career, I'm doing school dance, after school dance, competitive cheer and school cheer. So I would have like two to three practices a week. So I was constantly exercising. And I remember I had started to lose a little bit of weight and the guy that I was seeing kept making comments about it. And so it made me feel good about myself that someone was like recognizing me the same way my sister got that praise when I was younger, you know? So it, I developed a very, very, very unhealthy relationship with food where like I would eat like probably half a meal a day and think that I can sustain myself on that. And I got like sickly skinny to the point where like my hair was falling out. Like I had like big gaps in my hair. I had no energy to do anything. I literally had to take like two or three naps a day. Cause like on top of that, I was also doing sports. So it, my body just became like very, very frail. And it got worse when I got to college because same thing, this was the first time that like I had felt attractive to people because like the world like opened up oyster in New York. So guys would constantly comment on my body. And so for me, my body became where I got my source of worth from. So I was obsessed with the way that my body looked. Now here comes a long-term relationship, very unhealthy, very toxic. Um, I started to gain an opposite effect with food where like food became my like sanction, my sanctuary. Like all I wanted to do was eat because it was comforting to me. And I ended up gaining 50 pounds from freshman year to senior year, which like I don't ever really talk about because it was embarrassing to me. But I realized recently that like, why do I care? It's a number. So I gained 50 pounds from freshman year to senior year. And my family would make constant, constant comments about my body. Like I couldn't, it's the point where I didn't want to go home anymore because I would walk in the door and I would get a comment about my body. So like that was happening. I was getting stretch marks, like, but at the same time I was getting parts of my body were becoming more filled that I thought were like a crack of society. I got bigger boobs, I got a bigger butt. So it was like this weird constant battle of like, I wanted to look the way I used to look because I got praised for that, but also like, I'm getting praised for, not praised for my body now, but, like, I felt more, like, attuned to, like, what society thought was pretty, because, like, it was BBL season, you know? So it was this constant back and forth of, like, not eating, eating, not eating, eating, periods, like, I want to work out every day, I don't work out at all, and so I just gained, like, a very unhealthy view of my body until recently, where I'm kind of like, why do I care? You know, like, but your body is, your only purpose is to sustain you, so why are we spending so much time thinking about like surgery and like what size is my waist and like what part of my legs are touching like i remember oh my god the fat gap phase of tumblr Ooh, Lord remember the hip dip phase too that was crazy i was like that's just a natural part of your body you're supposed to have like if you have it you're supposed to have your body like that you know it's literally your bone structure like how are you gonna romanticize and physicalize a bone structure oh my god no, literally, literally. Oh, so it took me so long to realize like stretch marks are normal it means your body is growing like your body changes especially like they don't talk about this a lot either like when you're a woman and you reach like childbearing age in quotes your body starts to change like no matter how little you eat how much you eat how much exercise how much you run like your body's going to change because your hormones are changing you know so like i've gone to a mindset now where like i don't care about the number on the scale i don't care about measurements i don't care about what size my pants are or my tops are it's more about how i feel am i taking care of my body am i nourishing my body am i exercising to the point like i need to to be healthy am i eating foods that i should be eating like am i also letting myself 
eat foods that I enjoy. Like, creating a balance, like I said before. It's so hard when you're comparing yourself constantly to people on the internet. But, like, you know those memes where girls are like, what I look like on Instagram or what I look like in reality. Like, face tune exists, you know? Like, ankles exist. Lighting exists. So, like, it's so hard to not compare yourself, but it comes to a point where you have to stop because it's unhealthy, you know? And it's easier said than done. But once you hit that moment with yourself where you're like, I look beautiful and I have value no matter what my size is or my weight is, that becomes very powerful. I just talked for 20 minutes. Let me shut up. There I go. <laughs> also, one, Sydney's not crying. She's just congested. By the oh, way. yeah. Everyone always thinks I'm crying. crying. Everyone always thinks I'm crying. I just have very bad allergies all the time. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to disclaim that in case you guys, like, thought Sydney was getting really upset. But no, it's okay. I've only cried uh, once on this that. show. And it was laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and... I also want to like hop off what Cindy was saying about how social media is super, super fake. Oh my God. This girl on TikTok, it, this blew me away. She uh, does makeup videos. She goes to like Miami or something and she does makeup videos and she also tells stories while she, do, while she does her makeup. So she has a lot of followers. Um, you know, she's that archetype. She's like white, blonde, blue eye, whatever. She mentioned a few times that she used acetone. Everyone was like, I'm surprised oh, you use that. Like you have... Per- did I say acetone? acetone. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about now, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She mentioned a few times that she used Accutane, and everyone, all the comments were like, what are you talking about? You're so pretty. And she stitched, or she she made a video reacting to one of the comments, like, girl, social media, like, just a huge reminder, social media is that fakest bitch. Like, nothing you see on here is real. Like, I facetune the shit out of my pictures personally, um, like most people I know do. And, like, while you can't change that overnight – you can change your perspective. Because also, like, your body, your face, your whatever deserves love and support no matter what it looks like. You know, acne or not, pox or not, like, stretch marks or not. Like, your body supports you through so much. Why are we, like, trying to literally alter it to to appease mm-hmm. who, you know? Random people on the internet. Who's, or who also right. care about their own bodies, you know? I think as long as you're, like, obviously treating your body the way it deserves to be treated, like, you're being healthy, like, you're... Um, eating like whole wholesome foods but also like I enjoy a pasta I have pasta like every day but like also make sure <laughs> that I get vegetables and, like I get fruit and I get like whatever else you need and I go to the gym like I make sure that I'm like sustaining myself so I can like my body can continue to support me it's not about a number it's not about like an aesthetic it's about like making me feel good about myself you know oh yeah I'm a very strong believer in like throwing away your scale like I hate scales I like I think the only time you should ever be weighed is when you go to the doctor. Like, to, that's just my part. Like, I know not a lot of people feel like that. Also, a lot of people are on, like, weight loss journeys. So, I don't know. Everyone everyone is different. But just for me personally, I think it's I know when I had a scale, like, I would literally just weigh myself every day. And it started out as fun. But then it got into this really unhealthy addiction. I would do it every single morning as I woke up. Being physically healthy only comes when, like, your mind is healthy. If you're treating yourself with kindness and love – and you're all good, like, with yourself, and you're loving yourself, the rest will come. We have one last question, and it is, I moved away from all my friends and dread us all drifting apart. Advice, question mark? Help, question mark? Um, I think with this one, I went through this exact same thing. Sydney and I both went to college, like, not in the same state that we went to high school in and not with all of our high school friends. Like, I went to the – I was, like, the only person from my high school who went to my college, and I know Sydney was too. So – I think don't have unrealistic expectations. That's number one. Like you guys are going to drift apart in a certain way because you're not going to spend every day with each other anymore like you did in high school. So there is going to be, it's just natural. There is going to be a drifting apart of sorts. I think 
if you do want to keep that kind of closeness that you had in high school, which it obviously seems like you do, otherwise you wouldn't have asked the question, I would say literally find time in your calendar to call. Like that always helps me because I'm not like a huge texter. Um, I'm also not, I'm also not a huge caller, but to me, like the relationship with like, like one of my very best friends like lives back home, for example. And like with her, we literally have to, we're so busy. We have to block in time. This is five, we graduated high school five years ago. We have to block in time in our social calendar to find time to talk because we're both so busy. We have work. Like it's like our lives are actually insane right now, especially hers. Cause she just moved to Miami from Pennsylvania. So we're now we're even further than we were like when we both went to a prospective colleges. So I think literally actively finding time to talk is so important. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, we'll talk next time. What is that next time? I know that always helps me. And like my, cause I live in New York, which is like lucky. A lot of my friends come here to visit, but like I'm in a different situation than Sarah that like, I went to very small schools when I grew up. So like I've been going to school with the same people since I was three. Like went to the same preschool up until high school. So like we just bonded for life, you know? And so. Yeah, and I moved around my whole life. So it was nothing like that for me. Yeah. So, um, and I went to a very small school. So, like, some people I don't really stay in touch with just because I feel like we were only friends because we were, went to a small school. But the people that I, like, genuinely bonded with, like, a few of them moved to New York. But some of them, like, we just have a group chat and, like, we don't talk every day. We don't talk every week. And we realize, like, it's okay because we have so much going on, like, within our own lives. But we make sure to check in on each other every X amount of weeks, months, et cetera, just to keep, like the friendship there um but yeah we help plan trips to like visit each other stuff like that I think that like getting distance is natural just because you are like physically distant but as long as you like are intentional about checking in and keeping their friendship alive then you should be good another thing I will say is when you guys go home for holidays and stuff make sure to hang out I can't tell you the amount of times I try to set stuff up with my friends from back home and something always got in the way or I you know one of us just didn't feel like it and we wanted to do something else or hang out with their family yes hanging out with your family is obviously very important but if you do want to keep these relationships with your friends from back home find time to hang out in person when you go home to visit for the holidays and like for other vacations and stuff all right y'all I think that is it from us we hope you like this episode uh if you want to listen to part one that is the episode just right before this we did a whole other shebang of answering these kinds of questions from you guys, from our listeners. We love that you guys trust us with some of, some of the information that we got <laughs> was so personal. And we love that. We love the relationship that we have with you guys. So if you want us to talk about anything on an episode, you don't have to wait for an advice in public to come up on the Instagram story. You can just DM us. We can have a little segment at the end of our episodes to like answer your questions and talk about the things you want us to talk about because ultimately we are doing this for you. And per usual, we love you. As always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeart. And you can find us on social media at Crying in Public Podcast on Instagram and the TikTok. All right. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Everyone in our country has a voice. It's something that says not just where you come from, but who you are. Welcome to NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of podcasts and a celebration of the hosts in journalism who've always spoken truth to power. Our voices are as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, and stories should never be about us without us. Find NPR Black Stories, Black Truths on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.